Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to week 10 of the NFL season. This is your Globro Saint Show coming at you after a devastating home loss to the Atlanta Falcons divisional game, bringing the Saints overall record to seven and two and the Falcons to two and seven. I prefer to call it a beatdown because they beat us up and down the field, offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Uh, they weren't ready to play, which was very disappointing because Peyton usually does a great job. But, yeah, I'm going to say it, and it's going to cause some controversy, but I think Peyton was more concerned pulling off the surprise engagement announcement than he was the football game. Ooh, I see you went there. I see you went there. Uh, now, here's the deal with Peyton in the bye week, as you mentioned, usually very successful coming out of the gate. Those first few seasons – we came away with losses, so he contacted Andy Reid. He contacted Bill Belichick to kind of pick their brain a little Bill bit. Bill Parcells, too. Bill Parcells as well. And uh, what he got out of that was sending the players home. Hey, take the week off, come back rejuvenated, refreshed, and ready to get back into the playbook. It has served us well in the past, but I definitely agree with you. It just appeared flat today. Uh, talking to a good friend of mine who was at the game, he even texted me before the game and said, I'm nervous. It just feels flat. And I said, in the dome? Like, are you in the dome and it's flat? And he said, no, just everywhere. Just walking around, everything was flat. Uh, I don't know if that is complacency. I don't know if that's stagnation. I don't know what that, you know, what that can be attributed to. But he called it early before he ever stepped foot inside the dome uh, that it, it just, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know if we're overlooking. I don't know if we've got our mind on other things. I don't know if they really bought into that one and seven. But I just feel you have too much veteran leadership on this team to fall into that trap. Yeah, it, it was bad. It, even though it looked like a typical trap game where you have a team that has everything to play for and a team that has nothing to play for and just, you know, very aggressive play calling, what have you. But they were super flat. I think they read too much of the headlines over the last few weeks. Most people saying they, they were now the favorites to come out of the NFC for the Super Bowl. Um, you know, after that huge high of the LSU game Saturday night to come out, and as a fan of just football, being from Louisiana and seeing what they turned out, it, it, it was it was sad. I mean, it, it got to a point where you just knew we had nothing. And when the O-line, one of the stalwarts of our team, starts playing just terribly and giving up almost as many sacks in one game to the Falcons, and the Falcons had the whole season combined, um, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it was devastating. And then – to hear, I wasn't at the game, but to hear supposedly that there were chants of Teddy, Teddy, uh, I don't think you can put this one on Breeze. Um, just saying. No, and, and I think play calling has to do with that as well. Once you And we're, we're kind of going all over the place here. Ladies and gentlemen, this is live. When you have a script, you just go with the flow. You go with what you got. So kind of script be darned here in this moment. But we're jumping all over the place. When you lose uh, Pete, when you lose Andrew Speed, you get Will Clapp to come in. Clapp has experience, but he has it mostly in that jumbo package. So when you have a somewhat, I'm not going to call him inexperienced, but at least within the starting five, I believe you need to adjust your play calling, reduce your drops, limit the drop that you're asking Breeze to take, get that ball out quick. He prides himself on that anyway, but we can't ask him to take these five, seven-step drops. It needs to be three and out, three and out, uh, not third down and out, but three steps and get that ball out. So, uh, yeah, I'm not pinning this on Breeze. Uh, we definitely expect our O-line to perform at a high level. 
Uh, and today they weren't even close. I mean, not even close. As you mentioned, Jimmy, gave up six sacks today to Atlanta. They only had seven in the whole season. And again, I know we're, we're jumping all over the place, but it wasn't just giving up six sacks. It's when we gave them up. Three of those sacks came on third down. Two of them came after we were on first and goal, and the last one came on fourth down. So we're not just giving up sacks. We're giving them up in the worst possible times. Yeah, and and you mentioned Pete, but I was almost interested in seeing Clap play because before he got hurt, on one bull rush, he got steamrolled, and then he got beat again before he went out of the game. So I was actually a little bit happy to just see him uh, step aside for a minute and see if somebody else could do better, but Clapp was overwhelmed as well. And, uh, again, we're kind of scatter shooting because there's so much negative to talk about. Uh, a few glimpses of a couple of good things that happened today, but very little. Um, and then penalties. We, we, you know, we're going to talk a lot over the next 40 minutes or so about a number of things. But they were undisciplined. They weren't prepared. Okay, you get one illegal hand to the face. You remind each other, don't do it again after two. Don't do it again. After three and four? Are you kidding me? Uh, I mean, that was insanely ridiculous. Uh, untimely penalties, just like the untimely sacks that Troy, you just mentioned penalties on third down conversions, penalties on stopping the opponent on third down, or even on fourth down. Um, it, it was, it was sloppy. It was messy. Um, it, it just, no excuses. It was just terrible. Well, you know, and I, and I will say looking at, um, look at what Peyton said after the game. And I mean, yeah, we are just crossing all kind of notes here but Peyton quoted after the game saying it's it's kind of one of those it's not a lesson all right time out Peyton it is a lesson it is a lesson it's a lesson for all 53 on the field and it's a lesson for all the coaches there uh anyway going back to his quote but this league is too good week to week where you can go in and not be focused and ready then why weren't we uh Peyton says this has always been a game that's always played with emotion and I thought they outplayed us they outplayed us, they outcoached us, and they deserve to win. They only deserve to win if you don't put out a product that is going to compete for that victory. Uh, so, you know, look, this is the typical coach speak, and I'm not knocking Peyton here necessarily. It's, this is just your general NFL coaching speak here. But, uh, you know, I'd rather you come out. I want a little Jim Mora here. I want a little they kicked our tail. We weren't ready. We weren't as prepared as we thought we were. And, and they, they simply outperformed us. And I guess he did say that in, in so many words in that particular quote. Yeah, and defensively, they played really well. They, were, they came to play. Um, they totally took the run away from us, uh, similar to what we did to Chicago. We only had 11 rushes uh, because they, they had the time of possession. I mean, they had long drives, 13 plays, 17 plays, another one over 10 plays. Um, you know, I don't think – Speaking on that, James – I'm sorry, I hate to, hate to cut you off, but speaking of time of possession, yeah, we had one drive that was longer than four minutes, and it was the first drive of the game at five minutes and 14 seconds. Atlanta had four, five-minute and 28 drive, eight-minute drive, six-minute, 12-second drive, five-minute, seven-second drive. So you're right. Just to kind of add some, uh, you know, some data to that, I mean, it wasn't just one time. You just felt it over the course of the game. We didn't, we didn't have any time because we couldn't execute to extend the time on offense. Yep, and, and defensively, I don't think we played all that bad. I mean, you still only gave up 317 yards to Atlanta, which is one of the leading offenses in the league in terms of yardage. Granted, a lot of it's in garbage time, um, but we just couldn't get off the field. Twice, we pretty much covered everything perfectly, but let Matt Ryan on a bum ankle 
uh, rushed for first downs. Uh, Lattimore's injury killed us because we, they weren't doing anything on us, really, other than running the ball. Um, but then he went out, and Julio Jones got a big play. Uh, it, no pressure on defense. And then we started b- rushing and blitzing an extra one or two people. And other than Davis getting to him once, I mean, just it just wasn't meant to be. And we got to, to convert in the red zone, just settling for these field goals. Where, where's the creative play calling inside the 10? Um, everybody knows we're trying to hit an out route to Kamara or getting Michael Thomas over the middle, which is a great option, but nobody else. Traquan made that one fantastic catch, getting his bell rung. Um, but we need more weapons. Uh, other than that, an offensive line, it wasn't going to happen today. Well, and you talk about the weapons. I mean, when you get down in that red zone, why why would you not have Thomas, Kamara, uh, Taysom, and Cook? Why not have them all in the same package, the same personnel grouping? Yep, I was screaming for Hill when we could. Yeah, I mean, and look, and I, I know we're big Hill guys. I get that. But you can't deny the guy is a player. I mean, I don't care what your perspective is there. Even if he's not your go-to, he's going to be a decoy. He's going to be a threat to open up something else. So why not? Look, if I'm playing poker, I'm dishing out my best cards. And I think in that particular set, in that particular uh, part of the field, those are your best cards. You got Cook for the size and the height. You got Thomas for just his his strong hands in that uh, in that area of the field. You got Kamara for mismatches on the linebacker. And then you put in Hill, who can do anything. He can throw it. He can catch it. He can run it. So why not use that personnel grouping to your benefit? I don't understand. And speaking of personnel groupings, why do we have A.J. Klein trying to cover running backs out of the backfield? I, I don't know. Am I the only one lost on that one? I mean, he's not uh, Keekly. I mean, he's not known for his sideline to sideline speed. Uh, Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, that, that's the word here. That's the word. Uh, Frustrated not only the performance, frustrated in in the lack. It's going to sound kind of oxymoronic here, but I was frustrated in the lack of frustration. Like I I didn't see it. I didn't, I mean, there was a few times Peyton was miffed about a play, uh, 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 a flag, a flag, a or yeah, yeah, or a call by the referees, whatever. Uh, but you know, I, I want to see that accountability on the field. Somebody on that field's got to step up and say, "Look, I'm tired of making these same penalties. I'm tired of having 12 penalties. I'm tired of going 25 percent on third down, going three for 12. I'm tired of letting Atlanta be 40 percent on third down. Uh, you know, and I know we already talked about the sacks, but that tied for the most times Breeze has been sacked in his entire career." And it had been four years since he was sacked more than three times in 2015. We could not handle stunts. No shot. We couldn't. We, we looked like a peewee team out there trying to handle a stunt, um, which, you know, I don't know how much that plays into Pete not being there or him being there. I know he wasn't uh, He wasn't just crushing everybody when he was, but uh, just frustrating, just frustrating. You, you can't do the same thing and expect the same result. And I just felt we didn't change enough offensively as that game wore on to, to warrant a different ending. Yep, they, they did not change it up. We ran the ball up the middle a couple of times. Tried, you know, granted Thomas is a pretty good bread and butter uh, go-to guy, and he had a, a whale of a game, but you got to change it up. I mean, Atlanta knew they had to change it up, so they came in, changed some things around, changed some coaching things. They had to, to stir the pot a little bit, and you could see Breeze's frustration on the sidelines after each series, but, you know, where were the, some of the other leaders? Cam Jordan, did you even play today? I mean – it was so frustrating uh, not being able to get pressure on a, on a bummed quarterback, a bummed ankle rather. 
Um, I believe they had at least one tackle that was a rookie. Um, surely I would have thought we would have been able to get to him, but we didn't. And, you know, the season's not over or anything like that. Obviously, we're still overall looking okay at 7-2. and two, But you put out an effort like that, and you might not win another game or two but the end, the rest of the season. I mean, they, they're going to look at themselves in the mirrors tonight, if they haven't already, and say, man, we did not play up to par. I think they were just, again, like I said, reading the clippings, talking about how much talent they have, and now everybody's coming back healthy. And, oh, man, we're just going to show up and, and win. We just show up, put the ball in the field, and we win. And in the NFL, especially with your biggest rival during hate week, you can't do that. Well, and to go to your point, yes, this this is not the fall of the Roman Empire. I mean, we're, we're, this isn't as disastrous as we're making it out to be. But it was historic. It was historic. It's been 16 years since a 7-1 and team lost to a 1-7 and team. That was when the Jags beat the Colts in 2003, 28-23. Also, this was the third game this season the Saints failed to score an offensive touchdown. In the last 13 seasons, 208 games since the Breeze and Peyton era, there's only been two games total before this season. We've had three this season alone. And with today's game, Atlanta is the first and only team under the Sean Payton Drew Breeze era to hold the Saints to under 10 points in the dome. So, yes, this isn't, we're not talking end of the season, but we're talking a monumental loss today inside that Superdome. It was embarrassing. I mean, in a word, it's embarrassing. Uh, I agree with you, Troy. I would have loved to have seen some some uh, Jim Mora-esque at the end, you know, um, press conference with we couldn't run, we couldn't block, we couldn't pass, we couldn't tackle. I mean, they the only – I mean, other than Thomas going off and maybe Cook starting to get, in, get involved a little bit, really not much else positive. Man, I guess you could throw in Harris's uh, punt return and, it, and one of his decent kick returns, but it was bad. It was just plain out bad, butt whooping. They came out. They obviously wanted it better. And to your point, and we harp on this a lot, you know, it's one thing if you come out a little flat, you know, it happens to the best of teams, but make an adjustment, choose somebody out at halftime and, and, and get things turned around. And it was just one long, continuous crap fest is all it was i mean it was just terrible i'll tell you what i'm doing if i'm sean payton i'm what using whatever, i'm using whatever connections i've got and i'm calling up my good buddy john goodman and i'm asking for john goodman to come and give a talk to my team and that talk is going to go something like this you just got your tails whipped by a bunch of gosh darn falcons falcons now, I don't know about you, but I'd do something about it. And let's see what we're going to do in this next week. Let's see what we're going to do the rest of this season. Let's see what we're going to do when people come in our dome. We're going to find out. We'll start next week at Raymond James Stadium. All right. Bringing out your uh, inner uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, Raymond James, I mean, not that we need to do the preview yet, but that's not a pushover team. Arians has got them playing a little better. They won today, so uh, they, they better figure some things out and figure it out fast. Um, one thing that, that they can't control is Lattimore's health. It sounds like it's a hamstring. Uh, those things can kind of linger for many weeks. Uh, I don't know if they were just cautious and shut him down so that he wouldn't aggravate it worse or what, but, but that's huge, obviously. Um, 
but but Hill taking one snap in a game where the offense had no spark is inexcusable. I mean, and, and what did he any- what did he do? What did he do with that one snap, James? Uh, he threw a nice seventeen yard back shoulder that was uh, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> ain't that a ain't that a something? Ain't that a something? That that that's a quote. You can quote that, Glow Bros. Quote it. Uh, quote it. Hashtags on fire. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking at some of my notes here, and everything is synonymous. I, mean, I just see garbage, Pete, you know, sloppy penalties, hands to the face, uh, just left and right. I mean, everything. Uh, and, and the defense kept us in the game. Like I said, they held us, you know, kept it in check. Not that they did anything great, but they kept things, you know, right there for the taking. And we could have scored first drive, take the momentum, and settle for a field goal. You get the first drive of the second half, same thing. You, you know, end up with nothing. So, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so bad. Um, it's interesting to see some of the other reactions uh, of other Houdat fans. Uh, like I said before. You know, it's the end of the world now. It's not, but it's like, oh, well, Teddy wouldn't have did this. And, I mean, come on. It's not It's not that. It's a whole slew of things. And I think the O-line is my biggest disappointment. The O-line and probably bigger than that, Peyton. And like I said, you know, maybe it had nothing to do with what he was doing off the field. But, you know, you read all these big articles about all the planning he had to put in for this surprise so that uh, they thought it was Gail Benson's party or anniversary or something. And uh, I don't know, but he did not have these guys ready to play, and it was embarrassing. Well, look, let's let's lean on uh, our, our educational background here with myself, Jimmy, with your wife, with the Oreo method. Okay, Oreo method, you have your parent-teacher conference. You never have the, the conference you need with the parents that come. It's always the other ones that don't show up, but they show up. You give a little bit of bad. You give some good. And then you finish with a little bit of bad. In our case, James, today, we're going with a whole lot of bad. Let's talk a little bit about the good, and then we're going to end with a whole lot more bad. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a whole lot more bad. Uh, I am an educator, believe it or not. Um, James, do you remember the score of Super Bowl 51? I probably not, do. Not the, not the final score, but the score leading into the fourth quarter. It's a very popular score uh, among New Orleanians. That would be 28 to 3. That would be 28 to 3. So if we do a math computation here, 28 minus 3 gives you 25. James, quick, which week are we in in the NFL season, this right now? Uh, That would be week 10. That's correct. So if you take that 25 and you add that 10, you get 35 straight games holding an opponent's rusher under 100 yards. Now, I do feel like there needs to be an asterisk here. Devontae Freeman had 38 yards seemingly on the first drive alone. If he doesn't get hurt, he probably gets it. Uh, oh, I Brian, like that high pitch. False you like that. I've been working. I've been working on it. Brian Hill, out of the Wyoming University, uh, rushed for 61. The two of them together had 99. Uh, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, uh, and Kenyon Barner also had some rushes. So collectively, they were over 100. But the streak still stands at 35 straight games that we have held an opponent's single rusher under 100 yards. So that's something good you can kind of take away from that. We mentioned Michael Thomas, fastest player in NFL history to reach 400 receptions. He did it in 56 career games, surpassing Jarvis Landry. I wish I wouldn't have gave that away. I was going to quiz you. My, my apologies to those who were waiting for that quiz uh, today. Thomas finished 13 for 152. Jared Cook, like you said, also had a little bit of a 
uh, kind of coming out of the bye a little bit more aggressively, six for 74. I do like that average. It was good chunk yardage gained. And then Kamara, eight for 50. Majority of those kind of towards the end of that game, getting some garbage yarding. Uh, after that, it was two and one for receptions. So you go 13, six, eight, two and one. Uh, I mean, I guess as long as it's working, you don't stop. But uh, at some point, Thomas is not going to be able to do it all on his own. So hopefully this is the beginning of Jared Cook's kind of maturation process and our offense and getting able to utilize him a little bit more. Uh, we need more from Traquan, although he had that great play over the middle. Um, and then what we're doing with kind of our tertiary receivers, I, I don't even know. Austin Carr didn't really even see him today. Uh, you got little Jordan Humphreys. You got, uh, you know, Emmanuel Butler, some of these guys either on practice squad, whatever. But somebody has got to step up and help distribute the volume of passes from Breeze. Dez Bryant. Hello. He's waiting for your call. Let's go. Was that, was that Eastern Orthodox? Well, I wasn't familiar with that chant. I don't know, but they need him bad. I would take Dez at 60% from the day after he, he tore his Achilles to what we're putting out there right now. So a um, little bit of a hot sports opinion there. Uh, the other streak that was broken was the five-game streak of holding opponents to 267 yards of total offense or less. Uh, like I said earlier, Atlanta had 317. Still not tons. I mean, I, that's actually not bad, um, but we did not keep the streak alive good point james good point if you look just statistically and granted this does not always tell the story you look at average yards per play atlanta four and a half us 4.9 all right not bad passing atlanta 174 new orleans 258 nice this is for me the biggest difference in this game rushing yardage atlanta 143 New Orleans, 52. James, I, I know I've been hit on my head quite quite a few many times. Quite a few many, that's right. Uh, how did Latavius Murray do these last two games? Did he do well? I believe he, he rushed for well over 100 yards in back-to-back games. And, and theoretically, now stay with me here, theoretically, if you add someone as dynamic of a runner as Alvin Kamara, should those two not equal greater things? You would think they would. You would think so, but not today. Not today. And they had they had several plays where both of them were in the game, but they always put Kamara either you know in the slot or I'd like to see him in a pro set, old school '80s pro set. You put both of them in a backfield behind each tackle, and then there's no way that the defense knows who's getting it, what direction, where they're going. Uh, try something different, man. Gee whiz. Well, yeah, well, that gives you some misdirection. That gives you some counter. That gives you trap. That gives you ISO. That gives you lead. Uh, or they both go out into the flats, and you go into your uh, traditional pass set. So uh, just frustrating. The, the rushing yardage just frustrated me because uh, what do the big boys up front love doing? They they might like to pass block, to cut, but they love smacking people, hitting people in the face, pulling, uh, trap. I mean, just everything. And we had been doing that so successfully these last few games. I get to a certain extent, once you get so far back, you might have to, to really uh, abandon that. But like you mentioned, defense kept us in for a long time. There was no need to just abandon that run. Uh, I, I just, now look, when we did it, there weren't a lot of lanes. I get that. But if you become too one-dimensional too early, then, then you're digging yourself a deeper hole than, than you can climb out of. 
And to that effect, I look at what Cam Jordan said after the game. He said, we had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. You have to be able to beat the man in front of you, and it's pretty hard to do that when you keep stepping on your own feet. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, that, that was a great point. And I think I think penalties probably uh, cost us at least the momentum and, and cost us a lot of big plays. It didn't cost us the game per se by itself. Uh, but, you know, I saw a few posts on Facebook saying, you know, the, pen, uh, the refs cost us another one. This had nothing to do with the refs. We got smoked. Point blank. There was no ref issue here. Um, you know, it just they, they weren't ready to play. They didn't beat the guy in front of them. And I think I think if we would have scored the, the, the first drive, if we have scored a touchdown instead of a field goal, um, I think we could have shut them down. Um, when you're one and seven, it doesn't take much to, to, to play in your head to here we go again. I mean, I played for some pretty bad high school football teams. Um, and you know, if we got any kind of spark, we'd get excited for a little bit. And then if, you know, if we fell behind, then it was like, Oh, here we go again. Well, you know, they got a little, a little spark in the beginning. And then before they knew it, they had a little lead and they were feeling good about themselves. And then they were excited and they had a lot to play for. And I think we just thought, well, we'll we fall behind a lot. We'll 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 get them. We'll we'll catch up. We'll beat them. It's not a big deal. And they just never brought it. And that lack of sense of urgency drives me crazy. I mean, we were down by 14 late in the game. Uh, still only two scores. I think there was five or six minutes left. Still had a little bit of time. And we're still huddling. How are we still huddling? I don't understand. And I know probably our chances of winning at that point were slim and none. But act like you're gonna try to win. I mean, that, that, oh, I was so aggravated with that. Well, your chances to win go down when you take up more time. It's, I mean, it's simple math at the end of a game. And you've got, I mean, you have the pro among pros at quarterback at that point, and you've got a veteran coach who knows what to do. He's been there in big games. He's done it. Look, if you have an incomplete pass, if you're on a timeout, whatever, you call two plays. You call two plays based on down and distance, give Breeze the opportunity to either carry out that or audible to something else that he sees. But there's no reason, there's no reason that we are, as you said, huddling up and taking our sweet time. You're not up 14, you're down 14. Um, And then something else that uh, I just read about after the game probably has a little bit to do with Kamara's injury a couple weeks back. But Kamara has zero touchdowns in his last four consecutive games played, which is the longest streak of his career. Obviously, it's a short career going in year three. Um, Whether that's through scheme, whether that's through just what we're seeing with how defenses are playing him. Uh, But today, even so, having the bye week, um, didn't didn't seem his self. Now, he he still had some great catches, and he still had a little bit of that agility, but it just the explosiveness wasn't there. And I don't know if that's just how I saw it through the lens of the overall game versus his individual performance. But uh, it just, you know, I, I didn't get that feeling that anytime he touched that ball, something could, something great could happen. There was a little bit of a, a Mike Bell reference, I believe, early in the game. I got a text from you. Um, do you want to expand on that at all? Oh, I would love to. All right, we're at the we're at the far end zone going into the um who we even played today falcons going into the falcons end zone set it up beautifully kamara's in the backfield uh we're pre-snap breeze is reading or maybe he started out wide jimmy you might have to remind me i think he started, he started out, wide. out wide he came yep, in motion yep. came in motion to see if they're playing man or see if they're playing zone uh we got the look we wanted he was going to be on a linebacker might have been Deion jones 
Um, but as he's coming back, you, you see it happen. He was the only receiver to that side. So as he's coming back to the backfield, they're scraping down. We've got yardage in front of us, and I knew what was going to happen. We were going to say Hut. He was going to swing right back out where he was, get the angle on that linebacker, and I'm putting my money on Kamara every single time. He stumbles, loses balance a little bit, just enough for Breeze to not feel comfortable to make that throw, and I believe that was one of the sacks that we ate uh, earlier in that game. But that was a perfect reference point to Mike Bell not wearing the right and cleats. During the Super Bowl. Bowl. That's right. That's it. That was garbage. And, you know, I I love Kamara. I mean, I think he's one of the fan favorites. But um, do we really need sparkling sequin cleats? I mean, let's just win first and then worry about what we look like. I mean, come on. That, that, not a fan. Were those from Tiffany and Company? Possibly, but they didn't have the the, the Tiffany uh, blue. I didn't, I didn't notice the blue in there. But uh, or was it Swarovski, or however you pronounce the Crystal Company? <laughs> I'll give you points for that. I'll give you points uh, for that. I didn't even know Tiffany had a blue. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I was excited as the game. This is the one part of the game I was excited about. Cranes um, two almost Malcolm Jenkins. Momentum swing plays of the game. Can you try and take a guess as to which two I am referring? Uh, one would probably be the Marcus Williams interception. Ding, 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 ding. Good job, sir. And the I other have one, another already... one, but it's not for us. And that would be the almost blocked punt roughing the kicker play by T.K. Oh, oh, yeah. Coast don't cut it in this league, son. Uh, no, we already talked about it twice. Traquan Smith. Maintaining possession after getting that that pretty pretty rough hit there, busted his lip, helmet came flying off. The announcers, I thought, did a great job of explaining how that, now, big scheme of things, might have been a 15, 16-yard completion, uh, but giving you a little pulse, man. The, the Dome reacted really well, thought that we could kind of use that and utilize that to our favor to extend that drive and capitalize, uh, but we didn't. We didn't have yeah, so. Well, when you're talking about one of the best offenses in NFL history from the beginning of the Sean Payton era till now, in the past, when we got great field position, like getting the ball on the opponent's 38-yard line after a big punt return, normally we would score in like two plays, two or three plays. Like we would go for the jugular. And today, even when we had great field position, we would dink and dunk and get a couple of yards here and there and then stall out. They would get a timely sack and have to set up for a field goal again. Um, they, they just didn't – this wasn't the Saints team that, that, that we've known and grown to love over the last 10, 12 years or whatever it's been. Um, just, just no sense. Uh, I don't know what the pregame chant was today. I didn't hear it, but it, didn't, it couldn't have been the shark when there's a, uh, a drop of blood in the water because there, there was no – uh, reaction time, everything was just lackadaisical. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't hear it, but maybe they didn't have one because they didn't. They played like they didn't have one. Well, I tell you who did play like they had one, and that was Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I, again, I, I kind of, I really enjoyed the uh, the announcers putting some emphasis on a decision that maybe gets overlooked. But Atlanta wins the toss. They're one in seven. So strategy really doesn't play a role here. Strategy is, more often than not, you defer to the second half. You, you hope to gain an extra possession. 
but they wanted to get out there. They wanted to make a point. They wanted to get on top, knowing that they may have to climb up the rest of the game when, in fact, they set the tone and we couldn't match it. We could Man, not match it. That's a great point, and I think uh, it also shows um, they love their coach. You know, there was a lot of talk over the last couple of weeks uh, about Arthur Blank and should he fire Quinn, and uh, I think the players came out and basically said, we support Coach, he's a great coach, you know, he's taking us to the Super Bowl, uh, and I think they really were playing and try to save his job. Um, and, and when somebody has something to play for that goes beyond just the, the win or the loss, um, that's dangerous for the opposing team. And uh, they enjoyed today. You could see the smiles, the relief. It, it, it felt good for them. And what better way to, to get your first win out of the bye than to beat your arch rival in their place? Um, we get the good news is we get a chance for revenge in three weeks or two or three weeks, I believe, on Thanksgiving night. So, you know, they, they can get this taste out of their mouth, but um, they need to learn, you know, like you mentioned before, Troy, this is a lesson. And if they don't learn from it, history will repeat itself and, and you really can't have many more goose eggs. You play like this against Seattle or any of these other teams we may have beaten earlier in the season. We're not winning playing like we did today. I can promise you that they're getting better. And today was our, our big step backward. It was a regression, no doubt. But when you have nothing to lose, you have everything to gain. Atlanta had nothing to lose today. Absolutely nothing. And they came away with the victory point blank. Um, are we Look, doing beignets or are we I was we about out? to say, are you ready? Is there any flour? Is there any any materials to even make them this week? Uh, we had to break into the old the old pantry box and uh, and get the reserves, but we, we made enough. We made enough. Uh, special teams, James, what you got? Special teams, if it weren't for JT Gray's roughing the kicker, I'd probably go for – give me – Three and a half beignets because Lutz was money on all his kicks. Uh, Harris had two good kick returns, one kick return, one punt return. Um, pretty solid day. Probably would have been a four, but the, the rough in the kicker came at a really bad time and extended a drive. And So that's where I'm at. Well, we, we think alike, except I clean my plate. I'm going four. I'm going four out of five beignets here. All the same points you made. Probably would have been five out of five, honestly, if, if Gray doesn't hit uh, get that penalty rough in the kicker. But like you said, Lutz completed all of his field goals. Deontay had some good returns. Uh, Morstead four points, uh, excuse me, four punts, 48-yard average down two inside the 20. Um, and, and, you know, does that not kind of speak to what we expect out of him, that he almost averages 50 yards a punt and has two inside the 20, and we don't even mention his name? Yeah, nah, he's, he's money, cash money. Uh, offense, let's go offense next. I am going to go... I think, think I'm going to go zero. I'm going nothing. You get nada. Three field goals at home against one of the worst defenses in the league. I think they were ranked, they might have been ranked 32nd. Horrible. Zero. You get none. Go home, son. <laughs> but, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> Sorry. You eat tomorrow. All right. Woo. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go one. I'm going to go one, one paltry. I'm talking the beignet that's been in the fryer for like six rounds, and it's so shriveled at this point. There is no air in it. It's just a brick. It's what you put in the kid's Christmas stocking that you don't like. It's the brick beignet, one out of five. O-line played poorly. Poor play calling. Uh, Breeze 
you know, didn't really have the time, but didn't do much with the time he had. Abandoned the run game. Couldn't move the chains when we needed to. Only reason I'm giving him one, Thomas still had his, and Cook was able to uh, continue to produce at a little bit higher level each game. So we were still able to see that and still able to, to make some differences there. But other than that, there wasn't much to, to write on about at all. Yeah, I guess we're going to agree to disagree on that one. Uh, statistics are hollow, man. They get nothing from me. Nothing. All right, defense. All righty, then. <laughs> defense. Um, nothing spectacular, but held them to, to a, a bunch of field goals. Um, they were on the field forever. We did them no favors by the offense getting any kind of lengthy drives. I'll give them three. Three beignets. I like the way you think. I'm going I'm going a regular order myself. Three out of five. Wish we would have had more pressure up front. Uh, I thought Davis played well, uh, even though their backs, uh, both of them, Brian Hill and, and Freeman before he went out, had, had more running lanes than I would have liked. But I thought uh, Davis made a couple good plays, even in the backfield, kind of going sideline to sideline. I thought Kiko Alonso had a pretty good game. So kind yeah, of his, we had a Kiko his, sighting. We did have a Kiko sighting. Um, thought he was on the endangered list, but he might, might, might be good to go. Might be good to come off. Um, DBs played well at times, especially before Lattimore got hurt. Uh, if you limit Julio to three catches, you know, I, I think that's a win. D-line needed to play a little bit better, but did not. But, uh, still defense held us in the game for a long time. Uh, and we just could not capitalize. Yes, they did. And when they're, uh, you know, they have no hundred yard receiver, uh, Julio did get 79, but I believe 51 of them came on a play that I don't believe Lattimore gives up. Um, so we pretty much held their passing game in check. Um, so anyway, with that being said, um, do we then focus to Tampa or do we go with the who dat and dat who's? Dude, you give them what they want. Okay. I've had two emails requesting this. Then you, you don't go bring it, son. Hurry up. Let's go. Yeah, you don't you don't feed the masses. All right. My Houdat player of the game, I couldn't really decide, so I'm I'm comboing this. Our tackles, our offensive tackles. Uh using the word you used earlier, James, stalwarts of our offensive line, the two anchors. I have gone on record on this show saying that I believe we have the best tackles in the league. Today, they didn't show up. There were two people that played the left tackle and right tackle position, and all I could ask myself was, who that? I, I, I like your choices there. Uh, definitely Armstead. I thought he that was one of his worst games he's played in a long time. I don't recall Ramchek getting beat a lot, but maybe I was taking a nap during those plays. But um, I, I respect your choices. Those are good choices. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with – for the Who Dat Player of the Week, I'm going to say Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, I know you got a few catches here and there, but, man, where's the difference maker? Where's the guy that, that just, you know, takes the game into his own hands? Not really sure he got a, a bunch of opportunities in space. Uh, I thought the game plan for him was weak. Maybe they just were trying to ease him back into it. Um, but I'll go with him, which is, I know, probably a shocker. We got to get those likes, baby. Got to get those likes. You listen to the Glow Bros. Saints show, you get shocked. Bam. And how about the Datu player of the game? Who is your Datu? I'm going to go with Jared Cook. 
He's doing oh, it. He's making some plays. The cook is in the kitchen. All right, I, and I, I like that. I like that. Mine, mine is no uh, no surprise here. I got to go. I got to give it to to MT. All right, everybody knows that's who we're going to. He's double teamed. He's triple teamed. Breeze is still putting it in a window where only he can get it. He's scratching. He's clawing. I think he went what buck fifty today, buck fifty nine, something like that. Fifty three. Uh, buck fifty three. So. You know, every, when everybody else knows it's coming and you're still able to grind it out and put those numbers, granted, like you said, they're a little hollow. You don't get the victory. Doesn't mean as much. But uh, individual effort-wise, individual performance, uh, he's my dad's two player to game, no doubt. Nice. Nice. Well, the upcoming opponent, the Tampa Bay Bucks, had a showdown with the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals in a rematch or a homecoming, if you will, for Bruce Arians. Um Pretty much had a, uh, a shootout. The final score, 30-27, Tampa wins. Um, Jameis Winston had a big day, although I believe he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Uh, so we better beat them next week so I don't have to eat crow there. But um, they're 3-6. Uh, and six. We can't lose to another team with a losing record the rest of the year. I said it. We can't. We have to go and take care of business. And then we have some tough tests later during the year. So we, we need this game. We normally don't play very well in Tampa. Last year, we needed a Taysom Hill block punt to kind of get a spark. Uh, they need to come out early, set the tone, and don't give those guys any hope like we gave the Falcons today. I hate doing this to my big brother. I know you said we don't really do well in Tampa, and in certain situations that may be, but since Breeze and Peyton have come on board, we're 8-5 and five in Tampa. So we do have the slight lead there uh, with victories, but you still got to go out and play the game. Now, Winston had a lot of yards, 358, one touchdown, two picks, and that's what I'm going to focus on. He's willing to make some of those throws that, uh, you know, other QBs may be a little bit too conservative to do, which can bite you or it can reward you, and I hope that uh, it bites him next week, and we are opportunistic. They've got a, a kind of a two-headed monster at running back, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones really uh, – Went out and performed well today as a receiver. He had eight catches for 77 yards. Mike Evans, who did not have a catch against us last time, had four for 82. Chris Godwin, six for 74. And O.J. Howard, the tight end, four for 47. So he's spreading the ball around, and we need to be prepared as a defense to be able to accommodate and shut down those multiple options for Winston. If we can get a better pass rush, if we can get better push up front, doesn't matter how many he has out. So I'm challenging the D-line this week. Get back to business, get back to Saints football, and get back to pressuring that quarterback and the opponent uh, and the running backs in the backfield and just wreak havoc. That's what we can do. Jordan can do it. Tuttle's been, uh, I think, outside of today, I think he's been doing really well as a rookie. Davenport needs to step it up. Uh, Hendrickson's back. So we need to get back to playing our brand of football, offensive, defensive, and special teams. Play smart, play fast, play aggressive. Never quit, never settle, never compromise. Who that football is what we need to get back to, and that starts next week in Tampa. Nice, man. I'm going to start calling you Lou Holtz. That was, that was fabulous. Appreciate that, James. Appreciate that, big bro. Hey, look, Saints fans, it's not the end of the world. Okay? It's not the end of the world. We wake up tomorrow Keep renewed. Keep the chin up, son. Keep the chin up. Journey of a 1,000 miles, James. What does it begin with? One step. Until next week. Low bros. Out. Who that? Who that?